8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. So that was an interesting interview with uh, with the big uh, with the big hitter for the night, David Tembe, chief of the Johannesburg Metro Police uh, Department or the JMPD. We will have a podcast. We'll 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 have a podcast up of him. Uh, that podcast rather tomorrow around. Check it out around lunchtime. Uh, SFM Radio, the website, and uh, you will certainly find it. So SFM Radio or SFM.co.za. But uh, check it out on my Twitter timeline and on Facebook. I will. Also posted as well. Okay, let's move on to other things then. And and by the way, the um, David Tembe from the JMPD says he'll come back again. He said something specific. I will come back and come and talk to you with absolute pleasure. Okay, we're going to now talk to David Lewis, the executive director of Corruption Watch. Why are we talking to him? Uh, you may well have known that um, there is a constitutional court ruling. Today, that found the appointment of the National Director of uh, Public Prosecution, Sean Abrams, invalid. The court also found that the manner in which Abrams' uh, predecessor, that's uh, Mkulisi in Kasana, was removed from office was unconstitutional and invalid. So the court has now given the president 90 days to appoint a new NPA head. And uh, there's a big question around this. How can the president separate the NPA? from political influence and should parliament maybe look at how the npa head is appointed we will take uh, your calls as well um just now but let's start with david lewis executive director of corruption watch david good chatting to you hi 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 what, what do you make of this ruling well we're very pleased with it i mean it's pretty much exactly the ruling that we asked for and that we got in the in the Pretoria High Court a couple of well, six months back or nine months back, and that has now been confirmed in a very robust judgment by the Constitutional Court. So we're we're pleased with the outcome. I mean, you know, people have tended to focus on the sort of Kazana um, Abrams angle. Mm. I understand why people personalize it, but in fact, very important points of law were made about... Uh, the independence of the of the NPA about the importance of the NPA about the interpretation of the Constitution and the NPA Act regarding the manner in which a, a, a national director of public prosecutions can leave office or be removed from office. So, as I said, I appreciate the interest in the identity of the NPA leadership, and I am also interested in that naturally, but. Important point are the points of law made about the independence of the NPA. All right, so so let's um, so yes, naturally people have focused on personalities. So so talk about that area that you think has been so significant and why. Tell us more about it. Well, you know, you know, we've been for a long time now incredibly ill-served by the leadership of the NPA, and you know, starting with the removal of Vusi Pikoli in pre-Zuma days, the interference of, of politics in the functioning of the, of the NPA. And, you know, while you don't expect NPA heads to be at odds with the general political direction of the country, you wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, appoint a rabid uh, sort of apartheid-era person to head the NPA, and nobody should expect that. You do expect the, N- the head of the NPA to be somebody who is independent of 
political interference and of money interference. And that goes for a number of other posts as well. It's particularly important in the case of the NPA and in the case of judges and in the case of police chiefs. And basically it's particularly important in the case of the heads of the criminal justice system who are supposed to treat everybody as being uh, subject to the law, that there is no privilege, there is no office that can exempt somebody from the requirements of the law, and that those who have to enforce it are the heads of the criminal justice institutions. And what we got out of the court today was a very strong statement about the dangers of the capture of the criminal justice system. And in fact, in our whole state capture narrative, these were the first institutions to be captured. And it's held those who captured the rest of the state, the ESCOM, the Transnets, the Dinells, the Department of Mineral Resources, uh, the attempt at the Treasury, SARS, the capture of the criminal justice system is what has kept them from being subject to the law because we've had a succession of NPA heads who have been appointed more because of their loyalty to the president than of their loyalty to the constitution and the and the rule of law and the constitutional court today you know affirmed that in a in a very very strong uh, judgment now this doesn't mean that we don't have to be vigilant in protecting it the mere sort of statement of it from the constitutional court is not enough there are other things now to be done but it certainly gave us anybody who reads that judgment will give you a lesson in how important the criminal justice institutions and the NPA in particular have been in the whole state capture narrative and the rather sorry state that we find ourselves in now. Okay, so so now President Ramaphosa has got, what, 90 days to yeah. uh, find a, a point of replacement, right? Uh, w- what's the message to him in terms of what he can and can't do as the president of our country? Well, you know, I suppose the message to him is uh, select an, M- an MPA head whose who's, uh, defining attributes are uh, a combination of competence, experience, and above all, integrity and honesty. And it might sound like a pity that the head of state has to be reminded of that. But, you know, I'm afraid that the record of the last uh, 10 years makes that an important lesson to impart. You know, I would like to think that, you know, although the president has sole prerogative to appoint the head of the NPA, which in itself is a very, very bad idea that I hope will be changed soon, but I don't think soon enough to govern this appointment. But there would be nothing preventing the president, you know, even though at law he retains the sole discretion, mm-hmm. his sole discretion, there would be nothing preventing the president from making this the subject of a public discussion. You know, what do your listeners what believe uh, should be the attributes of the head of an NPA? Uh, appoint, uh, you know, a committee of experts and maybe parliamentarians and maybe retired judges. Would you, is that, is that what you want? You, you're suggesting that we, we should have this... Well, I think so. You know, whether there's going to be time for that or not in this in this limited time frame, I don't know. But okay. you know, interestingly, what I'm suggesting is pretty much exactly what the National Development Plan suggested for the appointment of the police commissioner, actually, 
who also is appointed in the sole discretion of the of the president, as I might add, I think is the head of SARS. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, the whole process of appointing people to the leadership of institutions or into positions that demand a, de- a significant degree of independence from from low politics and high money um, uh, needs to be reviewed. Okay. And this offers an opportunity to start that conversation. Well, okay, David Lewis, that's where we're going to leave you. Thank you for your input. What we'll do, we'll get a range of, uh, you know, two, three different opinions on this issue. David Lewis is the executive director of uh, Corruption Watch, and that's one thought on this issue. We'll get Steve Swart from the ACDP in a moment. South Africa needs heroes, everyday people who do the extraordinary. This casual day, be an everyday hero with persons with disabilities. It's easy. Get your casual day sticker from participating NGOs, companies, schools and retail outlets nationwide. Your donation directly benefits persons with disabilities all over South Africa. Visit casualday.co.za for more info and wear your sticker on Friday 7th of September for Casual Day. This is an SABC Foundation supported initiative. At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. Right, so let's get another take here. Steve Swartz, the ACDP representative who sits on the Justice and Correctional Services Portfolio Committees. Uh, Steve, appreciate your time. Hi. Hi, good evening, Ashraf, and thanks for the opportunity. It's a, it's a pleasure. Right, G- well, give me your opinion on, on what has happened today uh, at the Constitutional Court. Well, you know, we, I've been serving on this committee since 1999, and I've seen the instability at the NPA when Mr. Kusana was appointed and the attempts to remove him. So obviously, from our perspective, we welcome today's judgment um, and following the High Court judgment in December. It was, it was to be expected. What we particularly welcome, and something that I've been fighting for myself as a lawyer as well, is the independence of the NPA. And we've seen how this has been um, has almost been emptied the MPA over the years when, when President Zuma was in control. And, and there's been a scathing uh, finding today of President Zuma, the abuse of power, the, 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 the point that the court made of him specifically buying off, trying to buy off the NDPP, even to the extent, if you read the judgment, where at one point President Zuma, uh, his lawyer, sent a letter to him and said, you fill in the amount that you want. We just want to get rid of you. And so it was very important for the highest court of the land to protect our rule of law, to protect the independence of the NPA by coming out strongly and saying so you can never have a golden handshake to get rid of an NDPP outside the terms of Section 12.8 of the NPA Act. And that, to me, was so important because it enshrines the tenureship, it enshrines the independence of the NPA, but at the same time, it also reflects purely, uh, uh, poorly on Mr. Nkisana himself, who was prepared to accept 17 million rand and walk away and not stand up for principle. So all in all, it was a very, very good judgment today, and we trust that this will now bring stability to the NPA that is at the heart of our criminal justice system. And I want to commend Corruption Watch, Freedom Under Law, the NGOs that fought this matter all the way to the highest court. Did they... So you welcome the corruption, the, the the ruling, but did it surprise you? Not really, because once I saw the the judgment in December, 
it was it was going to be very difficult to to find against that judgment that that found that settlement was unconstitutional. My, I myself was outraged when I saw when that settlement was entered into a number of years ago, 17 million rand for for a, a year's work. And I said no, and I was disappointed in Mr. Kassan. Understanding, as the court pointed out, he is human. He has human frailties, but it is it is almost taking the money and running. And and the court indicated that a person of such a high office, one would have expected more. And that was the reason why the court did not reinstate him to the position of NDPP, which they could have done and which the minority court said should have actually happened. So, yes, it was to be expected. But I think for the constitutional court to come out with such a scathing judgment, yet again, another judgment Mm. against President Zuma, uh, talking about the abuse of power is something we need to learn. And I fully support what the Corruption Watch said about security of tenure and how we appoint the NDPP. Surely, and I I remember uh, Dean Smuts, she brought a private member's bill, and I supported her in the Justice Committee, although we were from different parties, but I supported her on principle as to the appointment of the NDPP through a similar process of the Judicial Services Commission. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but an independent process that ensures the security of tenure of the NDPP, because by doing that, you enshrine the independence and you, you, you protect them from political interference. And that's what we've seen with President Zuma and mm. the tenureship. And well, yes, there was no comment about Advocate Abrams' fit and properness to do um, his job, but it was a consequence of that finding of unconstitutional um, settlement that has resulted in Advocate Abrams having to stand down. And immediately, he is no longer the NDPP. Okay, so, and that, that's important, right? Because, you know, earlier on, we had chatted to David Lewis from Corruption Watch, and he made the point about the dangers of the capture of the criminal justice system, and this is another example of that. But, I mean, let me flip it around here. Is this another good, strong example of the... <coughs> Excuse me of the of the powers and the effectiveness of our courts and our constitutional court in particular, and and once again another clear example of the loosening, uh, if anything, uh, of of those criminal justice systems or many others that have been captured. So if it's happened, there's another example of, of it being loosening. That grip has been loosened completely. Absolutely, Ashraf, I agree with you, and it's heartening to see that notwithstanding the state capture, as you know, I've been deeply involved in the ESCOM inquiry, the SABC inquiry um, in Parliament and, and the extent of state capture. But to see at each point the judiciary taking such a strong stance and being the bulwark against state capture, against um, fraud and corruption. And so it is heartening to see them come up with such a strong stance. And, and it's heartening to see our Constitution standing up um, and, and being strong and with the rule of law and upholding. But sadly, what we've seen is the stability of the NPA and our criminal justice system suffering over a period of years. And as I've said over the years, I have said when it comes to state capture, right from the word go, when the public protector brought her report out, this is slightly a tangent, but when, I, when she brought her, point, her, uh, her um, report out on state capture, I said there's enough facts here evidence there to institute prosecutions. That was years ago. Why was it never done? Because we had instability at our NPA and we did not have the strong independence that was required to institute 
criminal action then already, and we would have saved a lot of money then. So yes, I, I agree with you. It is heartening to see our strong independent judiciary, but now hopefully also a strong and independent in, uh, national prosecuting director, NDPP and NPA. Okay, just lastly, what, what do you think will happen next in terms of that key appointment of, uh, of the replacement of Sean Abrams? Uh, it, it, it's very difficult to speculate. I know that some people have been banding Advocate Fuzi Piccoli around, but I think that maybe that, that um, you know, uh, well, that's a possibility. But ideally one wants an experienced prosecutor from within the ranks of the NPA who knows how it works, who, who knows the, the ins and outs, but who is strong and stands up to any political interference because that is the key part. And, of course, we need to bear in mind, I, 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 I was researching the judgment today. What happens with all the decisions of Advocate Abrams? Because his decision is now as though it never took place. But I saw the court said that all those decisions will be valid, and that's very important. So the president needs to move quickly. He's got 19 days to appoint someone, but it must be a credible, experienced lawyer, NPA, who is, who is strong enough to stand up against any form of political interference. That is what we need at this stage. And, 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 so welcome, Dave, for our independence of our judiciary and our NPA. And, and just the last thing on that issue of political, if not interference, influence, is there a difference between political interference versus political influence? I think so, because you must remember in terms of the NPA Act, the Minister of Justice has a role to play when it comes to the NPA. There's a certain policies and so he can't intervene, he can't interfere, but there is a degree of influence that needs to take place. But it cannot affect any decision that the NPA takes. The NPA must take decisions to prosecute without fear, favor, um, and, and uh, prejudice. And that is total independence. But there must be an accounting, and that's why the NPA comes to us as parliament and accounts to us. That's why we had that interrogation of the National Director, Advocate Abrams, when he was proposing to institute um, prosecution against former Minister Pavan Gordon at the time he was Minister of Finance, and we found it outrageous. He came to account to us as Parliament. Although we couldn't interfere in his decision, he needed to explain to us. And obviously at that stage we weren't satisfied with his explanations, but subsequently that prosecution was withdrawn. So you understand there's a nuance Clearly, there must not be political interference, but obviously there are factors that must be taken into account when one institutes um, a prosecution, one of which is public interest, public and national interest. Those are issues that, that need to be taken into account, and that's why we as Parliament, and I'm sure the Minister can call the prosecuting authorities and say, please explain to us. But we're not, we're not interfering in your decision, but we need to understand a decision. So it is a very fine line, and it can, over my many years in Parliament, I have seen political interference that is something we don't want to determine a prosecution or lack of prosecution where people get off because they've got links to high political office. Okay, and that's where we're going to leave it. Appreciate your input, Steve Swart, the ACDP representative who sits on the Justice and Correctional Services Portfolio Committee. So lots of thumbs up, maybe a couple of things, maybe, but overall very, very positive. And I think generally from political parties, and we can check it out certainly, if not on air, then on social media as well, that there's been a very clear, very positive response from from many, many organizations, um, uh, 
not just political parties, but even people on the outside as well. Let's get a, another take on this with Dr. Uh, Matole Motsecha, who is the chairperson of Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Justice and uh, Correctional Services. Uh, Dr. Motsecha, I appreciate your time. Hello. Hello, Yasrov. How are you? Thank you. We last met in, a, in an airplane a few months ago, but that's the way the world works, right? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Let, let's talk about the, the Constitutional Court ruling today. G- give me your take on this. You know, there's nothing dramatic about it. Uh, the essence of a constitutional democracy is that uh, the judiciary has the duty and responsibility to test the validity or otherwise of legislative and executive acts and strike them down if they are uh, contrary to the constitution and the law. And uh, here, the constitutional court has found that an appointment of uh, uh, the head of the NPP was invalid. So there's nothing dramatic. And uh, it means the judiciary is doing its work in terms of uh, the spirit and letter of the Constitution. All right, well, nothing dramatic, but 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 yet it, it's been very, very positively uh, responded to by by political parties and other organizations like, you know, Section 21, like Corruption uh, Watch, etc. Uh, were you in any doubt ever that, that this may go the other way? No, you see, lots of what I hear is... Uh, you know, in uh, hindsight thinking, uh, because uh, there's nothing abnormal. Uh, those who appoint uh, officials must appoint them according to the Constitution and the law, and if they don't do so, uh, society or any aggrieved person has the right to challenge that before the courts, and the courts uh, have the right to invalidate their their their, their actions. That, that's the nature of a constitutional uh, democracy. By the way, there's time for a couple of quick calls as well. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. So now the the president has got ninety days to appoint a new NPA head. One of the things we've been talking about earlier on was the issue of political interference and political influence, and a very clear need to separate the two. Uh, give me your thoughts on this. Now, you see, uh, if one individual has abused power, it doesn't mean that uh, we must uh, mistrust all individuals, because uh, here we are dealing with the architecture of the Constitution. The architecture of the Constitution vests certain powers in the president of the country to do certain things. And if one, at one point in time, uh, you have a president who abuses those powers. It doesn't mean that uh, society must look confidence in the architecture of the entire constitution. Otherwise, we must go back to the constituent assembly. Well, well, well fair enough. What, what do you think, of, what, what's going to play out now in terms of the key messaging that's coming through with regard to this? Because, I mean, clearly, uh, in particular, uh, you know, Sean uh, Abrams held a critically important position. I think one of the points already made is the, the judgments made will hold. I mean, otherwise, that'd be, that'd be huge problems if everything had to be re-looked at, isn't it? You see, it, uh, the judgment doesn't say that he was... Uh, incompetent it says that uh, his appointment was invalid so we must distinguish between the two so the decisions 
that he made are not necessarily wrong decisions because his appointment was invalid. So he was the wrong man for the job, but he may well have done some good work while he got the job anyway. In effect. No, the, 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 the court has not said that. The court has said his appointment was invalid, but the court has not said that he was not a competent uh, person. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Anything else you know we should look at as we as we wrap up here? Just some of the for you the, the huge, not just symbolism that we need to look at here. Moving beyond this, now you see, any president appoints a minister of justice, deputy ministers appoints advisors. It means all those people must do their work to make sure that. Uh, uh, President acts in terms of the law because uh, a president is virtually a, a president of uh, uh, all ministers. He has uh, international responsibilities. He has all these things uh, uh, and so on. So it means, you know, as Nelson Mandela said, don't surround yourself with weak people because otherwise you'll get into trouble. So maybe the lesson we need to learn is that. Uh, you know, those who are in position of authority must make sure that they surround themselves with uh, competent men and women because uh, it's not possible for one individual to be able to, you know, to be adequate to all the tasks that they have to carry out. Okay, that's where we can leave you, Dr. Matole Motsecha, the Chairperson of Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Justice and uh, Correctional Services. Appreciate you giving off your time. Now, what, I, what we've liked about tonight's big picture, we've really got a big picture from a range of different people here. Um, and we'll get the last one now from uh, the IFP Youth Brigade, the Chairperson, someone we've had as a guest in studio as a big hitter before. That's uh, Imkuleko Hlengwa. Good chatting to you uh, and thanks for your time. An absolute pleasure. Good evening to you and the listeners. All right. Let's give me your thoughts on the Constitutional Court ruling. I mean, some key takeouts for you. Well, the FP at the outset wants to welcome the judgment. We believe that it is a big step in the right direction of cleaning up the Zuma mess, which continues to be a dark cloud over South Africa. If you look at um, the state capture of all institutions, which of course extended its tentacles to the NPA, thus rendering the NPA unable to fulfill its core mandate. So we believe that the judgment is a welcome corrective action, um, which gives an opportunity now for the president to right the wrongs of the past. Secondly, what is important though <clears throat> is that whilst everybody, including the ANC, may be welcoming um, the judgment, the ANC is not... Um, absolved from this matter because we are in this mess precisely because at every turn when the shortcomings of President Zuma were pointed out, his first line of defense was the ANC. They either and abetted President Zuma's misdemeanors, they either and abetted his state capture, and the fact that we are in this mess now in part is because the ANC was complicit. And so whilst we may welcome the judgment, it is important for us to extend our uh, concern 
to the fact that the ANC has not itself acknowledged the fact that they are the cause um, of all these matches because it would be irresponsible and reckless for to for us to shoulder the responsibility only on President Zuma as though he was acting alone. So this speaks to the fact that the ANC has never put the interests of this country um First, they've put themselves first, self-serving, um, and it is precisely for this reason why we had um, such a big problem. And it stands to the courts, the God of the gods, which has again had to correct something which would not have happened in the first place had the ANC, with the mandate it's been given, exercised their duties responsibly and in the national interest. All right, so you're, you're concerned that the ANC hasn't owned up to this? Of course. Um, the ANC is now pretending as though <clears throat> they are part of the solution, but without acknowledging the fact that they have been the problem. And so South Africans would be well served um, at this point in time to see the ANC for what it is, opportunistic at every turn and able to pretend as though um, they are innocent in a range of challenges um, which um, South Africa has been faced with. You look at the age of denialism in so far as HIV and AIDS is concerned, at the forefront of the defense of President Tabo Bigi was the ANC. So at every turn when things have gone wrong, the first people who have defended the wrongs which have beset this country and impacted negatively on the socio-economic livelihoods of our people has been the ANC. They're just not fit to govern. They are not fit for purpose. And it is high time that we stand up against the ANC in totality and not nitpick around individuals because the entire organization is rotten top to bottom. You've got individuals now pretending as though um, they have been on the side of that which is right of the people. But if you go into archives, you go into records, you will find that whenever all these wrongs which said South Africa now were identified, pointed to, spoken to, they were the ones who defended it. It is the ANC that aided and abetted um, President Zuma and ultimately the collapse of um, the security okay. cluster, so- the collapse of the ANC is because, of the economy rather, is because the ANC to sit down okay. and so, so the, I mean, you, you've made your point. Of course, some people are going to say absolutely correct. Others may disagree. We're not here to debate that today, accepting you have a view, right? The next most important point, however, is that the president, the president of the party, the president of the country, who is also the president of the same party that you've been very critical of right now, has got the task of appointing a new NPA head. Uh, how much influence does he have, should he have, in, in getting the right person? Well, it would be in the best interest of his own legacy as an individual, but most importantly in the national interest for him to do the right thing at this point in time and actually go out and look for an individual who is fit and proper and is equal to the task, who's not going to control to the injunctions of politicking and will be able to put the um, prosecution uh, a mandate first. Uh, secondly, the IFP is proposing that, well, we'll be proposing rather as we deal with the amendments which, need, which the Constitutional Court has instructed must be made um, to the NPA Act. That amongst other things, the appointment of the NDPP must be done through a parliamentary process which will be transparent, a process of interviews, um, public nominations, just like we do with the public protector and the commissioners 
commissioners um, of the Human Rights Commission and then make recommendations um, to the president in that regard because a, a, a nomination or an appointment which is not going to um, enjoy the support of South Africans on the basis of transparency and just a due process which gives us comfort that we have exhausted the avenues of interrogating the individual to see whether they fit and proper okay. purpose and so on is important. So the president um, must at this point in time put the country first and understand and learn from the mistakes of his predecessor that the institutions of state are not um, some court toy which you sit around and play with at your own whims because okay. there will be ramifications so, and if you and, and of course you put the country at risk if you're going to act in a manner which runs against the national interest and what is rational and within the confines of the constitution. And I would think the president would do, do well to listen to you and listen to everybody else else uh, who've spoken before you uh, the IFP Youth Brigade Chairperson as always thank you for your time I always appreciate it well that's uh, that's the end of what we call the big picture looking at tonight's um, well this afternoon's in that constitutional court ruling around the appointment of uh, Sean Abrams declaring that appointment in the first place as National Director of Public Prosecutions invalid the court also finding that the manner in which Abrams' predecessor that's uh, in Kulisi in Kassana was removed from office was unconstitutional and invalid. So now President Ramaphosa, 90 days to appoint a new NPA head. Let's get on to other things, which is, you are, you should be aware that uh, there's been issues of concern around uh, NSFAS, NSFAS, around the funding model about that and the chairperson stepping down. Let's make sense of all of that right after this.